Reading now from the Gospel according to Mark, in the 10th chapter. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him, and said, You lack one thing. Go sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come Follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus, looking around, said to the disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed by these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle and for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold. Now, in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children, fields with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm making a claim today. I don't know if it's a claim that you will accept. My claim is that money is the challenge of our lives. Maybe that sounds overly dramatic. But given the significance that we place on money, I don't think so. No matter what your monetary situation, you have a situation. Every single one of us has a situation. Last week I shared with you some thoughts I had about divorce, and several of you came up to me afterwards and said, that was brave. You know, half the population deals with this. I really think it's more like all the population deals with this. A divorce affects each and every one of us in some ways. But I'll tell you what, if, if you felt like you came last week and it wasn't for you, we've got an opportunity today. <laughs> no one gets off today. Jesus has a challenge for us. His challenge is, is you see if you can put that camel through the eye of a needle. Now, you're supposed to say, that's impossible. But we preachers have taught you tricks. We've taught you to 
to figure out ways to make what is supposed to be shockingly impossible possible. We've come up with explanations like, well, you see, Jesus was speaking of a smaller gate, one that if you took everything off of your camel, made him hold his breath, greased him down with olive oil, and shoved him, then you could get that camel through that eye of the needle. Sorry. Our attempts to protect us from Jesus' challenge won't get us off the hook. Turns out that creative explanation that we have hung our hats on wasn't created until the ninth century. This isn't about us getting through an entrance that is very difficult to get through, but if we work really hard, we can do it. You just can't get a camel through the eye of a needle. So what are we to do? What are we rich people to do? We don't have camels. We don't have needles. But we have money. Money is the challenge of our lives, an impossible challenge, the kind of challenge that we can't handle on our own, the kind that we need God to help us handle. Well, we're in luck. God's up to the challenge. He sent Jesus, you know. Jesus, who says things to rich people like us, things like, go sell what you own. And give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. Wait, preacher. That didn't help. That can't be what he means. We can't do that. The church has tried to protect us from this for years. We've come up with three big ways to help us interpret this one. There's the one that the Protestants prefer. You see, Jesus was talking to a particular person about his particular concern in his life. For him, possessions were a big deal, and and he had to let go of that so that he could be a better disciple. That was his thing to let go. You have to find out what your thing to let go is. The Roman Catholics came up with the monastic version. Some people, a select few, are called for a life of celibacy and poverty, unlike those who marry and have children who find their way into poverty. (laughs) Jesus is talking specifically to ascetics, they say. And then there's the practical, literal interpretation. Yes, Jesus meant it exactly the way he sounds, but Jesus, like everybody else in that time, assumed that he would be coming back almost immediately, that right after the resurrection he would be back. And so there wasn't need at those times to think about saving for retirement or or college or paying off your mortgage. He'd be back any day, he thought. St. Francis didn't get the memo about these interpretations. 1,100 years after Jesus was supposed to be back, any day now... He still took the teaching literally. It said that St. Francis was uh, mostly illiterate, and so he would carry his Bible around, and he would ask people who could read to read it to him, and they would read him a passage, and he would say, okay, today I'll try that. 
And so someone read to him, go sell what you own, give the money to the poor. And he did. He gave away his portion of his father's fortune. His father didn't approve. When someone read to him, if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. He didn't wait to be sued. Off went the coat. Then the cloak. Then everything. Everything. There was a problem in Assisi. They had to carry around an extra robe to put over him whenever he gave everything away. Mothers would shield their children's eyes. It can be bad to be literal. Last Sunday was St. Francis' feast day. I guess that has him on my mind. That and this Pope who took his name, who we can't get enough of. I wish Pope Francis had been around when I was younger. My middle name is Francis. I spent my childhood saying, it is too a boy's name. (laughs) It's spelled with an I. Now I'm proud of it. Yeah, my middle name is Francis. Like that rock star Pope. What's interesting about Pope Francis and St. Francis, all their popularity, all of their acclaim, they haven't shied away from saying, you know what? Jesus expects some things from us, including how we deal with this money we're fortunate to have. That Jesus makes a claim on it, especially for the poor. Part of our discipleship is how we steward, is how we take care of all that we've been given, including our money. It's not just for us. It's for others. We're to be generous with it. I'm not, to tell, I'm not here to tell you which of those three classic interpretations is the right way to handle this one that's so tough, this go and sell all you have. I don't know which one is right. I'll tell you, I've erred, my family's erred on the side taking care of ourselves. We've we've, we've made sure our needs were met. I'd say we're probably like most church members that we should have. We we should give more away. There's such need. And we're right to help. I'm grateful for so many who are pouring out their resources right now to help with the flood victims, there's, there's buckets, donations online, giving their time in many ways that's happening. I'm grateful for the people who will be serving through the BEDS ministry in a few weeks and those who are helping to support the Cincinnati uh, Education fundraisers coming up. I'm excited that in January we will be packing, along with other church members across our community, but we'll be hosting here at Central a packing day. And in that packing day, food will be gathered for people in our community. 100,000 meals will be packed that day for Florence persons to eat. We're doing that because people in our community need warm, nutritious meals, and we can do it for 25 cents per meal. Think of that. For $25, you can help 100 local folk eat well. So so I'm excited about those ways that we continue to to look into people's lives and figure out how to share the abundance we've been given because I believe that we are called to give more away. But I also believe that the Jesus' challenge for us is not 
just because we're supposed to help others. It's also because it helps us. It's good for our souls to share. Every day, every day, we have these money issues because nearly everything we do deals with the limited supply we have and the great demands we see, great demands we create for ourselves. And it weighs on us. Have we saved enough? Have we given enough away? Have we spent too much? Are we investing well? How much did those shoes cost? And there, always in our subconscious, is Jesus talking about camels and needles and rich people. And we know, we know that He doesn't just mean the super rich. He doesn't even mean what we would like for him to mean. He doesn't even mean those who are just a little bit richer than I am, that they will have a hard time. No, he means you and me. That for all of us, it'd be like getting a camel through the eye of a needle to be saved. Jesus, one of those poor disciples, To know the blessings of money, blessings which I enjoy richly, also come with responsibilities and and burdens and can be a harmful focus of our lives. It is dangerously easy to be possessed by our possessions, to, to, to spend just a little bit more than we earn, which makes it just so difficult to share what we have. Or if we've been wise with our money, if we've saved well and invested well and growing our money well, then then we can begin to think we've got it all under control. I'm taken care of, and I did that. See how it works. No matter what our money situation is, we all have a situation. It is, I believe, the challenge of our lives. The disciples' situation was that they were in a culture that believed if you had wealth, then God had blessed you. You had done something right that God appreciated and God gave you that wealth. So they were especially shocked to learn from Jesus that that the rich would have a hard time getting into the kingdom of God. That that they might not make it. These, in their mind, blessed people of God. So if they weren't going to make it, Jesus, who, who would? Who then can be saved? And that's when Jesus had them. That's when he has us. Thank God he didn't say no one. No one can be saved. He said no one can be saved on their own. No one can be saved on their own. Just as no one can work out their own salvation by works, no one can work out their own salvation by giving. There's no works righteousness. There's no generosity righteousness. If the camel is to get through, if we are to be saved, it will be God's doing. Jesus said it this way. For mortals it's impossible. But not for God. For God, all things are possible. 
and just when you thought you'd have to give away your cloak. (laughs) Well, keep your clothes on, please. You can't give your way to salvation. But part of being saved is that all our lives, every bit of our lives, every penny in our lives comes under Jesus' authority. And since we deal with money every day, all our monetary decisions also come under His authority. We have to deal with this challenge. This challenge of our lives in a way that reflects this salvation in our lives. We have to recognize that while our giving will not save us, our giving can help God save another. Save another from poverty. Save another from despair. Save another from not knowing Jesus or not knowing Him well. All of us, all of which will help us to know Jesus better. The challenge of our lives is to get our monetary situation under control. To grow in our generosity. And to celebrate God saving us by helping God save another. And that is a needle worth sticking a camel through. Thanks be to God. Amen.